but now it was story time. They leaned closer to the fire. It was early September, and a chill had crept in with the night. Where was I? Oh, yes, I remember now. Olivier's hands gripped the warm mug even tighter. The terrible forces destroyed everything in its way, the old world and the new. All gone. Except... Except... One tiny village remains, hidden in a valley, so the grim army hasn't seen it yet. But it will. And when it does, their great leader will stand at the head of his army. He's immense, bigger than any tree, and clad in armor made from rocks and spiny shells and bone. Chaos. The word was whispered and disappeared into the darkness, where it curled into a corner, and waited... Chaos, and the Furies, disease, famine, despair, all are swarming, searching, and they'll never stop, not ever, not until they find it. The thing that was stolen. The hermit nodded, his face grim. He seemed to see the slaughter, the destruction, see the men and women, the children, fleeing before the merciless, soulless force. But what was it? What could be so important they had to destroy everything to get it back? Olivier willed his eyes not to dart from the craggy face and into the darkness, to the corner, and the thing they both knew was sitting there in its mean little canvas sack. But the hermit seemed to read his mind, and Olivier saw a malevolent grin settle onto the old man's face. And then it was gone. It's not the army that wants it back. They both saw then the thing looming behind the terrible army, the thing even chaos feared, that drove despair, disease, famine before it, with one goal, to find what was taken from their master. It's worse than slaughter. Their voices were low, barely scraping the ground, like conspirators in a cause already lost. When the army finally finds what it's searching for, it will stop and step aside, and then the worst thing imaginable will arrive. There was silence again, and in that silence lived the worst thing imaginable. Outside, a pack of coyotes set up a howl. They had something cornered. Myth. That's all this is, Olivier reassured himself. Just a story. Once more he looked into the embers, so he wouldn't see the terror in the hermit's face. Then he checked his watch, tilting the crystal toward the fireplace until its face glowed orange and told him the time. Two-thirty in the morning. Chaos is coming, old son, and there's no stopping it. It's taken a long time, but it's finally here. The hermit nodded, his eyes roomy and runny, perhaps from the wood smoke perhaps from something else. Olivier leaned back, surprised to feel his thirty-eight-year-old body suddenly aching, and realized he'd sat tense through the whole awful telling. I'm sorry. It's getting late and Gabri will be worried. I have to go. Already? Olivier got up, and pumping cold, fresh water into the enamel sink, he cleaned his cup. Then he turned back to the room. I'll be back soon. He smiled. Let me give you something, said the hermit, looking around the log cabin. 
Olivier's gaze darted to the corner where the small canvas sack sat, unopened, a bit of twine keeping it closed. A chuckle came from the hermit. One day, perhaps, Olivier, but not today. He went over to the hand-hewn mantelpiece, picked up a tiny item and held it out to the attractive blonde man. For the groceries. He pointed to the tins and cheese and milk, tea and coffee and bread on the counter. No, I couldn't. It's my pleasure, said Olivier. But they both knew the pantomime and knew he'd take the small offering. Merci, Olivier said at the door. In the woods there was a furious scrambling, as a doomed creature raced to escape its fate and coyotes raced to seal it. Be careful, said the old man, quickly scanning the night sky. Then, before closing the door, he whispered the single word that was quickly devoured by the wood.